that you're sitting in heavenly places in the presence of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. You can get whatever you need in this house tonight. Come on, Brother Phillips. God bless him tonight. So good to have him to come and to be with us, able to be with us tonight. Some would call this by chance. Others would call this the divine hand of God. You take whichever you want. I'm going to take the divine hand of God. It looks down upon us and know how to put things together. Hallelujah. Put it together at the right time, the right place. Amen. And I believe this good man is going to have the word for us tonight. And I want him to obey the Lord. He's going to introduce us to his family. They want to sing. It's still early. We've got plenty of time. Most of these folks don't have to show up to work about 6 in the morning. Hallelujah. I don't have to show up to 7. So we got plenty of time. The old party man's not looking at the time, honey. Hallelujah. We're here to party. We're here to have a Holy Ghost party. Amen. Because I'm calling on the one. Amen. That can keep me. Put a wall around me. Hallelujah. Corona, whatever you want to bring. Hallelujah. I tell you, God. God's big enough to keep us right in the midst of it. If he can move on a man to build an ark, hallelujah, to sustain his family and keep his family when the floods, amen, are coming, I tell you, he's big enough to handle us tonight, 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 tonight. Come on, brother. God bless you. Let's give him a good bit now. Welcome to this pulpit tonight. Man, while you're clapping your hands, why don't you just lift your voice and love Jesus tonight? Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, would you just lift your voice right now and tell Jesus how much you love him. God, we praise you. We magnify you. We exalt your name tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. That was about four of us. Praise the Lord, everybody. That's about 17 of us. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Are you glad to be in God's house? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Genesis, while you're turning there, I want to say what an honor and a privilege it is to be here. Typically, uh, my wife would sing, but she just gave me the, uh, you want to sing or no? I don't know, is that a yes or a no? Hallelujah. And so, uh, well, come on. Just come on. Amen. If you have your Bible, so I will tell you, we're going to the book of Genesis chapter 4, and we will begin reading in verse 19. You see, she even brought her band with her tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, I want to say what an honor and a privilege it is to be here. I don't know you, and you don't know me for the most part. I know a few of you, some of you know me, and, and th those of you that don't, uh, well, you're going to get to know me. So, how do you like that? But what typically happens in this setting is when you have a new preacher in a pulpit, someone you've never heard before, some of you are sitting there wondering, well, can he even preach? Yeah, I can preach. Um, you wouldn't want a plumber that told you he didn't know how to plumb, would you? <laughs> My God. Amen. And uh, so what typically happens is, is we kind of sit around, and you watch me and I watch you. We have watch night service, and uh, nothing gets accomplished. But why don't we just suffice it tonight to say that I'm apostolic, you're apostolic. This is the will of God, Christ Jesus, concerning us for this moment, this hour. So why don't we throw watch night out the, out the door? We can do that on December 31st, and we can just have church tonight. Amen, amen. Worship the Lord with my wife as she sings.
Serving a God that can supply all of your needs. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen. Back again, back to Genesis chapter 4, verse 19. I, again, let me say what a privilege it is to be here. Uh, some would say things like this happened by accident, as Pastor Moore simply stated a few moments ago. I choose to believe different. I believe that every moment in time, every service is orchestrated by God and by the hand of God. And I don't want to take for granted one service. Amen. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 19. Again, Pastor Moore, thank you so much for the invitation. I honor you tonight. The Bible says, and Lamech took unto him two wives. Well, that wasn't smart, was it? The name of the one was Adam, the name of the other was Zillia, and Ada bare Jabel. Everyone say Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and such as have cattle. And verse 21 says, and his brother's name was Jubal. Everyone say Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And for the sake of background, 
Uh, we'll go ahead and read verse 22. And Zelia, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was named. But one more time, verse 21, and his brother's name was Jubal. If God will help us tonight, that's exactly what I want to title this. Uh, his brother's name was Jubal. Amen. Would you lift your hands with me right now and ask the Lord to move in this house? God, we love you. We're so grateful, God, to be in your presence one more time. We're so thankful, Lord, that you have came into this house to meet with us. And we've come, Lord, with one thing in mind, and that is to give you what you deserve. All the praise and all the glory and all the honor that we can give. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to move in a mighty way in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. Come on, don't just clap them, but clap them and lift your voice with a shout of triumph. Come on, if you feel victorious in this house tonight, you are to magnify him. Exalt his name. Lift him up. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. You may be seated if you promise to help me preach. If you're not going to help me, please remain standing so everyone knows who you are. Man. If you've spent any time at all around church, around the Bible, you know very well the story of the beginning of this world. We open our Bibles in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and read that in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon that, and so the song begins as Moses begins to sing, and we see all of the things coming into play, the light, the dark, uh, the separation of the, the greater light and the lesser light. We see the firmament being created and so on and so forth. And I'm not going to take so much time, but we do understand that God gracefully spoke this world into existence. And so then he stepped down and carefully formed man from the dust of the earth. And then he breathed his own breath into him and made him a living soul. And then man became ruler over the earth. And then we find if you uh, hear the tone, and turn the page, you'll find that God's seen for the very first time, this is a whole other message for a whole other time, but God's seen that it was not good. The Bible tells us he decided it was not good for man to be alone. It's the first time these words are recorded in your Bible. And so he puts this man, Adam, to sleep and took a rib from his side and made him a helpmate. And we know the story. They rebel against God and they eat of the tree of good and evil and the Bible lets us know that they are kicked out of the garden for the acts of their rebellion and Adam is doomed to till the ground while Eve will bring much pain during the time of childbirth and if you push the fast forward button and kind of skip through time a little bit you'll find that there's a day comes that their children are grown and it's the time of sacrifice and during the time of sacrifice Cain and Abel come before the Lord Cain bringing of the fruit of the ground and Abel bringing of the, uh, of the blood of an animal. And we find that Cain was jealous of his brother because his sacrifice was accepted by God and Cain's was not. And so he gets jealous against his brother, then kills him in the field and then lies to God about it as if God didn't see it. I ain't never figured that one out, Pastor Moore. He lies to God as if God wasn't even paying attention. And then we find that God punishes him and puts a mark on him. And if you take the time to read your Bible, you'll find that Cain, after he is marked, takes a wife and he builds a city to the east of the Garden of Eden. And he builds, uh, he names that city after his son, whose name is Enoch. And so from there on out, we don't really see or hear anything else about Cain. Cain kind of rides off into the sunset. And this is the story of the ancestors of the men that I have read to you tonight in our opening text. We see Cain meaning bringing forth. He then has a son named Enoch, which means instructing. Enoch then, if you take the time to read Genesis chapter 4, has a son by the name of Irad. And by definition, Irad means a fugitive or one running wild. And then Irad has a son by the name of Mahajel. And Mahajel's name means he is smitten of God. That don't sound too good to me. Mahajel has a son. 
And his name is Methushel. And Methushel's name, it means that his death is ordered of the Lord. This is just going from bad to worse. You've got a fugitive. His death is ordered by God. And all of this stuff. And then Methushel has a son by the name of Lamech, who is the first man that I read to you tonight in our text. And his name means depression. And from this man, we see three sons, Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal Cain. We find that as he begins to walk through life, that he has killed two men. And he is mad about it. He is mad about the way uh, that everybody's reacting about it. And so we see the man that is the father of Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal Cain. Can I pause from this story momentarily and remind you that we serve a God that loves to be praised by the, the uh, that loves to be praised by His creation, from the angels to the birds in the air, the stars in the sky, even you and I as mortal beings, we were put here because God wanted fellowship with someone that would praise Him, not because they had to but because they had a desire in their heart to magnify the name of the Lord. I'm here tonight not because somebody made me but I'm here because I love Jesus and I want him to know how much I love him. I'm not here tonight because uh, there, there, there's some law ordering me to be in the house of God. Uh, I love him and because I love him uh, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. Uh, I'm going to magnify his holy name. Hallelujah. If you go through your Bible and you'll find that one of the biggest forms of praise that you can find through the word of God and what little glimpse you can get into the heavenly realm through the word of God you can find that one of the largest forms of praise recorded in the Bible is music. You go to Genesis where Miriam uh, led the women or Exodus where the Miriam led the women in a song and in a dance and you go from there you'll find that there was a man by the name of David who wrote hundreds of songs and then you go to Revelation and you will find that there are beasts that are flying around the throne and they are singing holy 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 is the lamb. If you go to Ezekiel chapter 27 you will find that as God begins to talk about Lucifer he said I created thee perfect in all of your ways but I created thee with tablets and pipes within thee and the purpose of this we understand that Lucifer was the music minister of heaven and so when God created him he lets us know he lets us see through Ezekiel chapter 27 that he created him with tablets and with pipes in him so that every time that Lucifer would come into his presence and he would speak unto the Lord it would come out in the form of a song and with every step that he would take it would be in the beat of a drum and God did all of that to show us how much he really does love music and God ordained it through the word of God that every time you see music or singing. Uh, praise is not very far behind. And so tonight in our scripture text we see where Lamech the depressed, uh, the one who was a murderer, who came from a line of men who shows us by their name uh, that they were men after their father came. Uh, out of this man Lamech comes Jubal, who the Bible says was the father of all that handled the harp and the organ. Understand uh, this man is living seven generations uh, from the fall of Cain. And up until this point, all God has gotten, for lack of a better terms, a bunch of knuckleheads that can't make sense out of life. It's failure after failure, mistake after mistake, man after man that lives doing his own thing, not worrying about God. And then in the midst of all of this, God sits down and he sees a young man by the name of Jubal who sits down in the chaos going on around him. Jubal, the son of depression, a grandson of his death is ordered of the Lord. The Bible tells us that he begins to build. He's the father of all that handle the harp and the organ. I don't know how it happened, Pastor Moore, but something in me believes that Jubal was sitting on the backside of a tent and something in him said it's just too quiet. I don't know why it's so quiet in all the world. I don't know why nobody's created a way to worship and then all by himself he sits down 
and he begins to build and he begins to learn and he begins to worship the name of the Lord. Again, I don't know exactly how it happened, but I see God looking over the edge of heaven and saying, that's what I've been looking for. That's the man I've been trying to get all this time. That seven generations of silence and negativity and finally a man stepped up and he said I'm going to create a way to worship God can I tell you tonight on a Sunday night that the world will give you enough excuses to sit on your pew to sit at home and to keep your mouth shut but somewhere you got to get the spirit of Jubal down on the inside of you that says it doesn't matter what's going on in my world it doesn't matter uh, what my brother or my sister is doing. Uh, I'm going to create a place uh, and I'm going to worship uh, the name uh, of the Lord. David tells us in Psalms chapter 150 to praise him in the firmament of his power. And by a literal definition, that means to push back the walls that are closing in on you and praise the Lord. Push back the walls of depression and oppression and compression and every other pressure they got out there and create a place to worship the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. If you're waiting on it to be convenient before you start giving God your best, baby, you're going to be waiting a while. God's looking for somebody that'll step out and tell the world, hey, you're going to have to hold on. I got problems, but my God, I won't let my problems dictate my praise. I got situations. That are bigger than I am. But the last time I checked, he was still God and he was still on the throne and he was still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. Hey, come on. Say, well, you never heard of Jubal before. We kind of just run over him when we're reading through the Bible. As a matter of fact, he's only mentioned one time in your Bible. You won't find him listed anywhere else. But Jubal begins to do something that's going to change the world. Jubal begins to build. And Jubal begins to learn. Jubal begins to play the stringed instruments and the organs. And as he tightens the strings... As he begins to find out what harmony sounds like. God looks down and we see the world begins to shift. You see, it's been 130 years since Cain has killed Abel. And the moment that Jubal begins to create a way to worship God, it's only three scriptures later in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25. That the Bible says that Adam knew his wife again. And she bare another son. And she called him Seth. And then she said, for God hath appointed me another son. Instead of Abel who Cain slew. Say, what are you getting out of that preacher? I'm telling you, it's been 130 years of negativity and silence and death and thinking about the bad stuff that's happened in the past. And when somebody created a way to worship God, three scriptures later, they see life back in the life of Adam and Eve again. 100 I'm talking to somebody right now it's been 130 years of them sitting on the edge of their pew waiting for their children to pray back through it's been 130 years of them waiting on the miracle for somebody to get healed of cancer 130 years of them just sitting around and expecting God to show up and do something and nothing has changed and nothing has moved nobody's been delivered nobody's been set free but the moment somebody created a way to worship a moment somebody said I'm not worried about the chaos I'm not worried about the storm I'm not worried about the problems I'm just worried about Jesus it was in that moment that everything began to change I'm telling you tonight if you're tired of looking at dead situations if you're tired of looking at dried up places I'm telling you it's time for you to create a place and worship God. It's time for you to push back against the walls of life and worship God.
Sometimes you got to go against the grain of what your flesh is telling. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit comfortable, and that's a little bit dangerous. I am sick and tired of hearing people bellyache and gripe and get all tore up about stuff that they could change by coming to the house of God and praising. I've been in this all my life and I've watched as people have come to church and spend hours in the pastor's office uh, complaining and trying to get counseling and trying to get through this problem when you ain't done what he told you to do the first time. He told you to get up around the front and pray and praise your way through and you've been sitting there like a bump on a log. Don't waste his time and want to go back in the office uh, and have another counseling session. Baby, get in the altar and pray through uh, until you can shout. Until you can dance about it. uh, Until you get joy in your spirit about it. Say, preacher, you're just trying to get me to shout, and I don't believe you have to shout. You're right. You don't have to shout to have victory. But let me just tell you something. If you got real victory, you'll shout about it. Just because you shout don't mean you're saved. But when you're saved, there's something inside of you that says, I can't be quiet. I can't hold it in. i got to magnify the name of the Lord. I would that you would let me just use my imagination for a moment. Imagine just for a little while how Lamech, the depressed, angry man, a hard man. Say, how you know that? How you know he was angry and mad and hard all the time? Well, he was a murderer. And I've never met a murderer that was cute and cuddly. Imagine him being a man's man. Now, I'm a musician, so I can say this kind of stuff. I got the right to talk about it, I guess. I picture the Bible says Jabel, he is the father of all that dwell in tents and have cattle. So, in common terms, he's a cowboy. And then you got Tubal Cain who was a worker of every artificer in brass, meaning basically he was a brassmith, And he's making horseshoes for his brothers, all kinds of stuff. You know, them little fire pits that got your name in it. I don't know exactly what he was making, but he was doing something like that. He's a blacksmith. Working around the fire all day, hands rough and tough. And then there was Jubal. He was the musician. Can you picture how this hard, rough, and tough man spoke to his son? Son, when you ever go man up, do something with your life. You got an older brother that's a cowboy and a younger brother that that, he's a brass smith. And all you do is set up in the air-conditioned tent and work on them silly sticks and strings. When will you ever make a name for yourself? When are you ever going to do anything That's worth talking about. Jubal, would you just grow up and recognize it's time to get a real job? But understand that the Bible says that Jubal was the father of all that handled the harp and the organ. You won't see Jubal's name again in the Bible. But let me just tell you something. Jubal all by himself created an epidemic that would go around the world. Because if he was the father of all that handled the harp and the organ, that means if there had never been a jubil, David would have never been able to play his songs on the hillside. If there had not been a jubil, there would not be a book in your Bible called the book of songs. If there had not been a jubil, Miriam would have never led the women in a song and in a dance. Daddy, you don't understand. I appreciate what them boys are doing, but I'm doing something that's far greater uh, and while they're doing good stuff uh, there's going to be people uh, that are going to be delivered uh, when they begin to sing the praises of the most high God Uh, there's going to be people uh, that be able to step out uh, of the depression that they're in uh, because of what I'm doing right now I'm telling you on a Sunday night uh, you don't know what your praise is doing Uh, you don't know how far down the eons of time uh, your praise is going into prison uh, and Paul and Silas are sitting there 
uh, locked up, tied up, and tangled up. Uh, but along about midnight, uh, they begin to pray uh, and sing praises. Uh, I don't know what they were singing. Uh, I don't have to know what they were singing. Uh, but one thing I do know uh, is that Paul and Silas uh, would have never got out of prison uh, if Juba wouldn't have done uh, what God orchestrated him to do. Uh, they'd have never got out uh, if somebody wouldn't have said, I'm going to go against the grain uh, and I'm going to magnify him. I'm going to exalt the name of the Lord. What you doing? I'm changing the world. And you thought you just came to church on Sunday night to do your little hand clap and lift your little voice and do your little shout. But what you don't know is there's people way on down the road that are feeling the effects of what's happening right now. The Baptist church down the road in Bendale, they don't even understand what's going on, but they're feeling the effect. There's something more. There's something to this thing. The people that are driving down the road, they don't even recognize what they're feeling, but something's happening when they drive by because there's a jubil in the house that says, I refuse to let my problem stop my praise. I refuse uh, to let my discouragement uh, stop my dance. Uh, haters gonna hate, baby. That's fine. Uh, you can hate me if you want to, uh, but you ain't gonna stop me. Uh, you ain't gonna block me. Uh, you're not gonna keep me uh, from getting into the presence of the Lord. Hey! Psalms chapter 8 and verse 1 says, O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. And then David, as he's writing, gives a prophetic statement. He says, Thou out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. We find that Jesus referred to this same concept. Y'all sit down, I ain't done preaching yet. I know what y'all trying to do. Well, I've been doing this nearly 20 years now. Y'all figured out. We find, help us, Jesus. We find Jesus refers to this in his triumphal entry. There's people that are shouting, dancing in the streets. Hosanna, Hosanna. Chief priests, scribes saw it and heard it. They got all bent out of shape, mad, throwing hissy fits. I don't know if they had hissy fits back then, but it sounded pretty good to me. Mad because they were worshiping Jesus. And they go to Jesus and say, can't you, for lack of a better term, tell them be quiet? And Jesus says the words, yea, have you never read? Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. And I heard somebody a while back ago, I was listening to a debate. They said Jesus misquoted the scripture. And I got mad because I said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So how can the word misquote the word? And he said Miss Jesus misquoted the scripture. And I wanted to call him right there and tell him, no, friend, you don't understand. While David said, thou hast perfected praise uh, or ordained strength, and Jesus said, hast thou perfected praise, uh, Jesus didn't misquote it. He just gave the interpretation. You see, David said there's a supernatural strength that comes to you. Out of the mouths and babes and sucklings hast thou done all these things. It's ordaining strength. And Jesus said they perfected praise. It was a New Testament revelation that when you come to church and you begin to magnify God and you're weak in your body and you're weak in your spirit and you're weak in your soul, that something supernatural comes down to where you are. And like David would say, it ordains strength. It calls down out of heaven the strength you need to go another step, to go another day, to go another mile, baby. I'm telling you, your praise is doing more for you than you even realize it. Hey, it's getting him into our presence. I get that. But at the same time, it's picking you up. It's turning you around in your problem. It's making your feet strong on the solid rock. You just need to learn how to praise him through the problem. Hallelujah, I'm trying to hurry tonight. If you don't like me for anything else, I'm usually short-winded, usually. But you'll find in the Hebrew that there are seven different Hebrew words for praise. And you'll find that there's a Barak, a Korah, Toda, Shabbat, a Yada, a Gil, a Hom, 
and a halal. No, I don't have time to preach them all. If I did, we'd all be hungry. And, and I'm hungry now, so I'm going to just kind of skip all of it. But I will tell you this, that all of these things require two things. They require your voice, and they require motion. I'm going to make somebody mad. Not fixing to, fitting them. Well, God, here's the praise of my heart. And you come here with that little charismatic mess. Half lifted, tap your foot to the beat of the drum a little bit. Really? If you're going to give him a biblical praise, you're going to have to move a little bit. And you're going to have to lift your voice. See, the truth of the matter is, is you're trying to find a reason to, get, uh, to, uh, to justify your pride. That went over about like a lead balloon right there. You're trying to find a reason to sit there and look pretty and have your tie just right and make sure that not a bobby pin comes out of your hair. Baby, you ain't having church unless bobby pins are on the floor. I'm telling you right now that if you're going to give God a biblical praise, it's going to require you to move. It's going to require you to lift your voice and let somebody else know I'm praising the one true living God. Preacher, I'm not emotional. Baby, let me get your credit card and get down at Bass Pro Shops. Uh, and when you get the bill in, we'll find out how emotional you are. You're emotional about the junk you want to be emotional about. We get all bent out of shape about a new house, a new truck, a new car, a new purse, a new gun, this or that or the other. But baby, if it wasn't for Jesus, uh, you wouldn't have the house, uh, you wouldn't have the car, you wouldn't have the truck. Uh, and so why would you get emotional about that uh, and not get emotional about Jesus? I'm not going to let my flesh get in the way and stop me from getting in the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to let my pride stop me from praising and magnifying his holy name. Can you do something for me? I've got it marked right here in my Bible. Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 8. It's underlined right there. 8 and 9. Now, I don't want you to read it just yet, but let me give them a little background. Again, I want to, to tell you and want to beat this in your brains. Get it in your guts. However you want to put it. That Jubal was never, ever mentioned in the Bible Again, it's like he rides in, he creates a way to worship, and seemingly he disappears from the pages of the Holy Bible. But in the Levitical law, the book of Leviticus, the book that tells God's people how to live, how to operate, how to go in from day in and day out, it begins to deal with some things. And we go to, I don't have time to preach all the way through the book of Leviticus. Let me just skip the verse 20, uh, chapter 25 and verse 8. Would you read that for me? Leviticus 25 and 8. This is God giving them an order on how to live their life. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths uh -huh. of years unto thee. Yeah. Seven times seven years. Yeah. And the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto the forty and nine years. Forty and nine years. He's basically saying you go every forty and nine years and you, you mark it out. You nail it down. You put it on your calendar. Make sure you got an alert. Do whatever you got to do. But you make sure you're paying attention every forty nine years. Now read the, verse, the next verse. Verse nine. Then shall thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to whoa, whoa, sound. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Then thou shalt cause the trumpet of the jubilee. To sound on the tenth God, day. God, I feel like preaching the paint off the walls right now. You will never find jubil again in the Bible. But when God has given his people a time of order, when God has given his people a time to, set, to be set free, when God has given his people a time where they can step out of captivity, when they can get on, and I'm going to preach about that here in a moment, but when God is setting it in order, and when the old Hebrew men were sitting around and trying to figure out exactly what it was that they wanted it to be, they said, you make it 
the year of Jubilee. You'll never find his name again in the Bible, but you'll find it all through the book of Leviticus as God is saying, it's a year of rejoicing. It's a year of thanksgiving. It's a year of praise. It's a... Hey, 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 I'm telling you on a Sunday night uh, that if you need a jubilee, uh, you got to get into the spirit of jubil first uh, and press back against the... You got to press back against the walls of life and praise him anyway. Hallelujah. If you were a Jew, when the year of jubilee came around, you maybe had come on some bad times, brother. And because of the bad times, you had sold your property. Lord, help me, Jesus. But when you were a Jew, and it was the year of Jubilee, when you had sold your stuff, it was with the understanding that when the year of Jubilee comes, I get all my stuff back. I'm telling somebody on a Sunday night, that the enemies came in and he's caused you to give up some stuff. Maybe you gave up your joy, your peace, your family. I don't know what it is that you've given up. But can I tell you when you get in the spirit of Jubal. It's like you're literally walking down to hell's gates and saying, devil, everything that you have stolen, I want it all back. Give me back my family. Give me back my joy. Give me back my peace of mind. Everything that you took, you got to give it back. But it only happens when somebody gets into the spirit of Jubal. It only happens when somebody says, I don't care what's going on in my world. I want to praise the name of God Almighty. If you were a Jew, as the musicians come, I'm trying to quit right now. But if you were a Jew, if you were a Jew and you had been in bondage when the year of Jubilee came around, it was that time of the year that you could look at all the people that you had been in bondage to and say, I'm not going to work for you no more. I'm not staying here no more. And so tonight there's maybe some that came in this house and you've been bound by depression. You've been bound by fear and doubt and unbelief. But can I tell you when you step into the spirit of Jubal, it's like you're telling the devil, I'm not bound any longer because who the son has set free is truly free indeed. When you begin Begin to praise him, baby. You start shaking off chains that you didn't even know you had. When you begin to praise him, you start. I don't know what you need, but I know where the answer's at. I don't know what your problem is, but I know what the answer to your problem is. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I. I was preaching in Missouri a couple of years ago. Pastor Moore, you know how it is. Sometimes you go to church and you don't feel anything. Well, this was one of those times I didn't feel nothing. I drove all the way to church praying, begging God for a word. God, you got to give me something to preach to your people. I got to church and the moment my hand touched the door the Lord spoke to me and said go to Psalms chapter 150 and just preach about the power of praise I said I can do that I got in there and I preached I gave them all I had and about 50 I didn't preach long sis I preached about 15 minutes and the Holy Ghost just began to move in there and the Lord spoke to me brother Moore I'm not I'm not some guy that's always caught up in the third heaven but I know when God speaks and God spoke to me and he said if everybody in here tonight I said God you said everybody he said I said everybody because you know, we all love Jesus, but we don't all love him the same. I'm going to let you just think about that for a minute. But as we began to go through church and I watched as everybody started stepping out of their pew. And a young man ran up to the front of the church, been seeking the Holy Ghost about six months. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Woo, we shouted, we down, and I got mad. I said, God, I'm making my business to see people get the Holy Ghost all the time. You said we were going to see the miraculous. This is normal. Let me just tell you something. If people, not getting, the, if people getting the Holy Ghost is not normal, something's wrong. Well, help me, Jesus. 
When they come in here, they ought to be wanting to get, get me to the altar. Just let me get up there and pray. But I, I got mad. I told the Lord, I said, you got to do something better now. I just, I'm just a redneck. That's how I talk to God. God talks to me the same way. And about that time, Brother Moore, the church was set up traditionally like this. When I looked on the back left side of the church, children's church got out. And all the kids started running, going everywhere, running crazy, acting like, you know how kids are. Especially my kids. Running everywhere. And I looked at the young man. I thought him to be about six years old, run to the front of the altar. And he threw up his hands and he began to cry. And I went to the pastor. I said, what's his name? He said, his name's Dominique. I said, okay. And I ran to where he was at. And the pastor grabbed me by the arm. And this is not my nature, but I shook him off. And I ran to where the young man was at. And I laid my hand on his head. And I said, Brother Dominique, can you say I love you, Jesus? And about that time, his grandmother got to me. And she said, Preacher, Dominique, and I'm not trying to be insensitive, but she said, Dominique is autistic. And Dominique has never said anything in his life but mama and daddy. And about that time, Dominique said, I love you, Jesus. I said, say it again. And Dominique said, I love you, Jesus. I said, say it again. And about that third time, Dominique started speaking in a heavenly language as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I'm telling you, baby, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what your praise is doing. You don't understand how far down the road your praise is reaching. I want them to sing here in a minute. But let me just tell you something. I'm looking for a real jubile in here tonight. And like I said, they're going to sing here in a minute. But I want them to hold on just a few. Because if you read your Bible, you'll find in Psalms chapter 150 that David does indeed tell us to praise him on the stringed instruments and on the organs. He does indeed tell us to praise him on the high-sounding cymbals. But let me just tell you something, friend. David knew what it was like to run for his life. And when Saul is chasing you, and when Absalom's hot on your trail, you don't have time to pack up the band. And so David sits down in the cave of Adullam. There's nobody there to tell him, come on, brother, you can make it. There's nobody there to tell him it's time to dance. There's nobody there to sing his favorite song. David's sitting by himself in a cave. And David says, you praise him with all that. But when you don't have it, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I know. I know how it is. Some of you right now, you ain't going to like me. If, you, if this is you, you're going to hate my guts. But I really don't care, to be honest with you. I'm still going to love Jesus and have revival with or without you. Put that in your purse and pack it. But we got a lot of people in Pentecost. They only know how to shout when it's their favorite song. They only know how to dance when the bass drum gets just right. But what's going to happen when we get raptured out of this place and you're standing before the Lord and he says, hey, cuz, what's your excuse? Well, they didn't play my favorite song. And he's going to say, hey, come here, Jubal. And Jubal's going to sit down. Yeah, God, what you want? Tell him. Well, I was all by myself. Nobody there to pat me on the back. Nobody there to play my favorite song. But all by myself. With nobody else. I got in my tent and I started singing. With nobody else all by myself. I got in my tent and I started shouting. With nobody else all by myself. I started magnifying the name of the Lord. And then God's going to look back at you and say, now what you got to say? I'm telling you, friend, if you want a miracle, praise your way to your miracle. If you want to break through, praise your way to your breakthrough. If you need a healing. Praise your way to your healing. I'm looking for a jubile that'll say it's not
not about me. It's not about my problem. It's about him. We're about to find out who the real jubils are. Y'all hold on a second. Go. Sunday night. I'm not worried about how I look, what anybody says, what anybody thinks. I just came to magnify the name of the Lord. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to dance. Somebody ought to jump. Somebody ought to give God praise. See, there we go, right there. We wait until it gets just right. Don't wait till it gets right. They'll catch up in a minute. Just praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him.
doubt in my mind, heart, or spirit tonight that we in the heartbeat of God. Oh, this good evangelist don't know anything about what I've been telling you the last two, three weeks about a little six and seven-year-old. And when he gave that testimony of that little six-year-old, I took it, amen, as a witness from heaven, from God Almighty. We're going to see our babies filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to see their lives transformed. I'll tell you, God's sanctioned it. I'm going to hold on until I see it happen. They're going to bring their babies and see them filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to bring their babies and see them to live by chance. That's our business. We don't live by chance. We live by the hand of God. We live, amen, by the one that orders our footsteps. We know the one, amen, that circumference us and fights our every battle and got to see us have victory. Hallelujah. Well, I like this. You like this? tell you something your community likes it more than what you think they do <laughs> they want it some of them just ain't made up their minds amen to come get it but amen in the middle of all this and when we was outside some of them heard it some of them got a little taste of it and some of them still want to put speakers on the outside hallelujah but you know what they got to get hungry enough to come and get it i tell you the god's got the table spread in the presence of their enemies but if you and i make up our mind i'm gonna come and die i'm gonna come until i get my heart filled my mind filled my soul filled hallelujah transformed by the hand of god almighty hallelujah what you put in amen is what you become what you let get in amen what you open up your parts to to get in when it's the word of god and the spirit of god the power of god i tell you the world don't have a chance the devil don't have a chance Awesome, brother. Done awesome here tonight. <laughs> brother Phillips called me right after service today. I was in the office with Mr. Rick and Ms. Beverly. We was lining something up, so I couldn't take the call. And after I took the call, I left my phone here last night. So it's been off, it hadn't been charged. And, I had about three or four percent left, and I said, oh, I'm going to try it. So I called him back. We talked a little bit, and he says, hey, I just want to make sure it's all right that, you know, I'm going to be ethically right with you about some of the brothers I've been hunting with them, and a man working on a guy up north up here, amen, little Mikey. And I said, brother, it ain't no problem. I said, in fact, he said, I've been just kind of waiting. I didn't want to mess up, put no pressure on you about up there. He said, oh, well, by the way, we didn't have a church tonight. I said, well, come be with us. And I'll tell you, when I told him that and we said goodbye, my phone went boom. Dead as a hammer. And he wanted me to text the address to him. I said, Lord, have him not get offended when it don't show up real quick. I got to get to the house and get this thing plugged back in. And let it get built back up. Hallelujah. See, God knows he sees it all. He's looking down upon us with his mercy and grace. And it's his will for us to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We, I don't know what's wrong, but by the help of God, we're going to get it right. By the love of God, we're going to get it right. Hallelujah. That we can see our babies and we can see our young people. We can see even the elder filled with the power of God. It's time for it. It's time for it. Let's get a hold of this. Let's let it get a hold of us. Let's just let God be God. Because He is. And all He's looking for somebody. I still hadn't been able to get away from that little statement. God flows to the least resistance. Just like water. He flows to the least resistance. If we won't resist Him, He'll flow. And if we'll let Him flow, He'll strengthen us and lift us up. Just like He did that ark. 
with no one his family his spirit left us right in the midst of all this is going on give us revival and give us souls and miracles and wonders and signs we need it our community needs it let's do it God bless you tonight you may be seated what a word what a present sister Buford I didn't think so. I didn't talk to the Lord. It's like he's saying to me, shame on me. He's talking to me. Shame on me. But he also tells me something. Shame on me. But I don't tell him. That's right. And there are some sitting on these pews tonight that I've gone to you in years gone by and told you that God wanted you to be a worshiper. And I have watched when some of these physical things come. And I think, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I see, I see, I see, but God sees more than I see. And God understands that I help miss God. And I know that the closer I draw to God, I've got some things. Sometimes that I've got to say that it hurts, but I thank God. That's right. Amen. Amen. Willing to obey God. We need it. Yes, we do. That's right. Thank God for the word tonight. Let's give the man of God and his good family a good hand clap of praise and thanksgiving in this house tonight. What a move, what a touch of the Lord. Amen. We're going to set some things up and work it out as God allows us. Amen. I know he's got some things going on up there, but uh, we're going to work with him and with that church. Amen. We've got to be ethically right with, with that, too. Okay? God knows how to work it all out and, and bring it together. And so we're just going to trust God to help us. We're going to do that. Amen. As God looks down upon us, and we're going to work together. I want your prayers. Amen. God's hand. God's will. God's power. Amen. I'm telling you, God's here. We're in revival. I told you. I told you, even though we may not be able to set up a series of service one after another, we're in revival. Amen. And it's up to us. He preached it tonight. We may be by ourselves, but we can sing the songs and we can create the atmosphere. Even if we're by ourselves, amen. That when we come here and when we gather together, the power of God show up and do marvelous things for us. My, my, my. He got me excited. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. You don't want to go home. You don't want to go home. Now, when you feel such a joy and such a presence, amen, of the Lord among us tonight, ministering and touching us, please, let's keep these in prayer. I'm looking for it. I, I, I started to look around and try to get up those little, little kids tonight and wake them up and get them. Some of them say, come on, get up here and right up in this circle here. Hallelujah. But I'm going to let God work that out. Amen. When he moves and draws them and fills all the Holy Ghost, that could be the turning point, amen, of this church. And using little babes like that, amen, to bring it out, to bring it about. It's God's business. It really is. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. Birthdays. Got any birthdays tonight? My, my. Any birthdays? I, I looked at the bulletin today. I, I didn't take time. Anniversaries. Okay, well, all right. Praise God. Let us stand together if, you, if you're able, up to it. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. Come back here. Be back Wednesday night, Sister Joyce. Team two. Team two. All right. Team two, meet with Sister Joyce tonight. Amen. Try to start back some of that, what we've been doing. and uh, Every other Sunday night and fellowship. And uh, my, you know, that helped. And hopefully right in the midst of this. And, God will just be with us and keep us. And God's hand's been with us. I'm telling you. Amen. I've talked to several. I, I talked to Brother Brady. Some of you know Brother Cain's son-in-law. I talked to him this week. They, him and his wife both got it. He, they're, they're about over it. They're at the last days. Amen. They've not been able to have church. They're having to do it online audio. Amen. So let's continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for Brother Hybley and them. 
Amen. They're, they're hopefully at the end of their, their time, too. So there's been several that we know that's been attacked by this and uh, it's affected their services and things of that nature. So God's been good to us. Let's don't take it for granted, man. But let's make sure we're praying for others, lifting them up, uh, being concerned and showing compassion and care that God's hand would be with them and touch them. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see everybody. Good to have everybody with us. God bless you again tonight. God bless you.